This is the Irish Rally Podcast brought to you in association with Tech and Tools, your dedicated tools provider focusing on diagnostic test equipment and specialised tools. Visit techandtools.ie for more information and SVS Productions. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Irish Rally Podcast. This episode being released a little bit earlier than anticipated. Uh, we generally release our episodes around 8 o'clock, but it is International Women's Day. And to allow a little bit of space for the uh, webinar, which is taking place at 8 o'clock, you'll see it there online. Um, we wanted to put out the episode a little bit earlier, just not to be clashing with that. And to let all the, the girls have their say and have their time and not to take anything away from it. So we want to wish everyone a very happy International Women's Day and hope the uh, webinar goes well. Uh, we've been sharing a lot of that across our socials over the past week and hopefully all goes well. So coming up on the program today, we have, I always say this every week, but we genuinely do have a lot to get through in fairness. We'll be talking about round two of the McGrady Insurance uh, Northern Ireland Rally Championship course race rally stages up in Bishop's Court. We'll be hearing from Philip White, who will be telling us all about his efforts. Uh, Philip looking to add another NI junior title to his name. He's got three, he's looking for four. He'll tell us about the micro challenge as well. He was speaking with Tony Kelly. We'll be going through a little bit of BRC round one, the Malcolm Wilson stages of course this weekend. Faf is on this weekend, large Irish contingent there as well. Uh, just before we recorded the West Cork rally entry list got released. So we have bit of news on that front as well. We're looking back at the Midlands Moto stages from last weekend. We'll be having a long chat with Dave Minan, who of course was sitting with Matt Edwards. They came second overall. And we do have some footage from the ramp as well, where Sean Moriarty, who was on MC, was speaking with Callum Devine, Nola Sullivan, uh, Josh Moffat, Andy Hayes, and Kerry Kiernan there as well. Now, we apologize, the sound quality isn't hectic on that, but it's still okay to put out so just bear with us on that one because we do pride ourselves on our sound quality uh, but just keep a careful ear to it is probably the best way of putting it so um yeah we've a lot to get through we'll go through our class winners from the midlands as well and we'll give you all those entry list news and uh bits and bobs over the duration of the program so as always give us a follow on twitter on instagram and on facebook at irish rally pod that's where you get us and hit subscribe on youtube or follow on Spotify and Apple. We spent nearly a week on the top of the uh, podcast charts last week. So thank you very much to everyone who's made that happen. Hit the five-star ratings if you could. That's very much appreciated. It takes two seconds to do it and keeps us up the leaderboard. So where to start? I mean, it's a bit of a minefield, but uh, we will go and uh, delve into the body of work that we have in front of us. And I think the best place to start possibly might indeed be with the Midlands Moto stages last weekend, which was fantastic. Really enjoyed the day up there. Well run, very quick stages, it has to be said, and some very big stories emerging from it as well. So Callum Devine obviously taking the overall win. Matt Edwards, 10.7 seconds adrift with Dave Minahan, Josh Moffat, a further uh, second, not even a second, 0.7 of a second uh, back. Darren Gass, who put in some splendid times, four, Sam Moffat, fifth, and then Gary Kiernan with a very impressive sixth and obviously taking... Uh, the modified side of things there. Declan Boyle, seven. Daniel Barrier, Mark Alcorn, ninth. 
and Stephen Wright in 10th. So we will go down through our class winners. And class one going to Jack Brennan of the MY Academy. What a fantastic piece of uh, livery on that car as well. Uh, class two, Keelan Grogan and Ayrton Sherlock. Class three, going to Paul Cloak and Liam Howlett. Class four, Tomas O'Rourke and Tomas Scallon. The boys who won all around them last year. We'll be having a chat with the two gents very shortly on the podcast as well. Not on today's programme, but uh, in a programme coming up very, very soon. Indeed, six trophies, I think, possibly last year. I could be getting that wrong. We'll be hearing all about it from the lads. There's definitely five, or five plus anyway. So, uh, class five, the overall, obviously, with Callum Devine, Matt Edwards, and uh, Josh Moffat. So, that makes Darren Gass, Sam Moffat, and Declan Boyle, your one, two, three, in class five. Class seven, going to Niall Maguire and Connor Moan. A lovely picture up, um, shared by Connor Moan. Uh, Connor Moan would have looked up to Niall Maguire, a good bit growing up, and getting to sit in with him. Was that uh, was quite cool and great to see uh, that piece of machinery out in force once more. Splendid sounds, splendid car, just absolutely beautiful Subaru has to be said. Class nine, Lloyd Hutchison. Class ten, Carl Sheridan. Class eleven, F going to Sam Johnson. Eleven, R Michael Cal. Class twelve, going to Justin Smith. Class thirteen, Raymond Conlon. Class fourteen, of course, going to Gary Kieran. Uh, class twenty, going to Pat Kelly and Jonathan Kelly. There making a habit of. Those wins and class 18 going to Paul McDevitt and Ray Fitzpatrick in a beautiful Ford Escort. And then Jack McKenna taking junior honours in his Civic. Um, so, as we said, very shortly we'll be hearing from a few bookos who were successful over the weekend. Uh, moving along to this weekend coming race and rally stages, of course, round two of the McGarry Insurance NI Championship from Bishop's Court. Johnny Greer seated first with Niall Burns, Desi Henry in a C3. We'll be catching up with Desi Henry on next week's programme as well here on the Irish Rally Podcast. Derek McGarrity seated three. Aaron McLaughlin, Gareth Sawyers, Joe McGonigal, Stuart Biggerstaff, Derek McGeehan, Kieran Graffin and Aidan Ray make up your top ten there. Uh, further afield, mad stuff happened this weekend. It's just absolutely wedged in terms of Irish interest all over the world. And you have FAF taking place, of course. And, uh, yep. Mr. Craig Breen and James Fulton seated third there, but they're not on their own by any means. Josh McAleen and Brian Hoy, Patrick O'Brien and Stephen O'Brien, and of course uh, Andrew Brown and uh, sitting with John Armstrong. So plenty of um, plenty of interest there, indeed. And then of course you have the first round of the BRC, the Malcolm Wilson stages, and again fabulous entry. News emerging this week: Key Cronin, the driver for five, is back on again. Very much at the 11th hour, by the sounds of things, he'll be seated. Uh, well, the number of the door will be 38, but you'd imagine he'll be much higher up. Uh, Connor McCourt seated 31st, just running back up the opposite way, up the uh, Peg Nodder. Niall Devine seated 20th there. Mark Donnelly and Stephen O'Hanlon at uh, 14th. Eamon Kelly, of course, busy man this year with the aforementioned Connor Moan seated 7th. And uh, yeah, look, apologies if we left anyone out, but you can just tell how busy everything is and how much competitors we have all over the world doing Irish Rally and Proud. Now, we will have a little look um, further afield once more. And uh, news, well, not quite further afield, but a little bit closer to home is probably the best way of putting it. The entry list for the West Cork Rally has been revealed just before we went to record. So seated first there in the main field, Josh Moffat, Callum Devine second, Marine Evans third, Cat McCourt four, Sam Moffat fifth, Robert Barbell sixth, seven, Johnny Greer, eight, Desi Henry, nine, Declan Boyle, ten, Garrett McHale. Do you know what? We'll give you the top 20. 
David Guest 11, Owen Murphy 12, David Kelly 14, Cal McCarty 15, Aaron McHale 16, Keith Lyon 17, Jason McSweeney 18, Aaron McLaughlin 19, Kevin Eves 20. We'll go on another few. 21, Gary Kieran, 22, Jason Black, 23, Connor Murphy, 24, Daniel McKenna, 25, Ed O'Callaghan, Mr. William Creighton on uh, Irish soil at 26. Oh, God, I could keep going and going and going. It is so impressive. Seated at number 42, very conveniently, number-wise, in the fabulous Sierra Cosworth, Craig Breen and Paul Nagel. What addition that is to the entry list. And another standout, and a man we'll be having a chat with on next week's podcast, Jack Shanahan of Drift and Fame, but Rally Blood there as well. His father, John, an eat operator back in the day. Jack and Connor, of course, ripping it up in the world of drifting. But Jack is seated at 115 in the Toyota Corolla. So that's uh, definitely a big thing that has uh, jumped out. Big, big reserve list as well. It's oversubscribed by minimum 30. Um, mad stuff and some big names there that may or may not get into the, the fray. But on the historic side of things then, Neil Williams seated first. You got Marion Evans, Duncan Williams, Mark Fowley, Sebling, Ray Breen, Fergus O'Mara, Wayne Evans, Tom Clark, uh, to, uh, Rob Smith then. And... Uh, down underneath that is not too shabby either. We could be going for days upon days here. So look, that's the, uh, I suppose, you could call it the AOB bit at the start, but it's some very important news as well and, and great news, it has to be said. And look, if there's anything that you feel we're missing, by all means get in touch, irishrallypodcast at gmail.com is our email address if you want to get in touch or you can DM us as well. But we'll uh, reflect back on the Midlands Moto. We're going to hear a few interviews from the Ram Forest. It was more or less time to finish with the, the rally kind of turned its head. We were talking at that midday service that uh, everyone was going hard to tires because the weather was so warm. And of course, Devon's advocate had changed straight away and you went out to more or less winter conditions. Yeah, exactly. It was not ideal about the last, the last three stages with the rain and everything. So, yeah, completely changed the rally right around. And, uh, yeah, we were. Uh, Two days before the event, the Mitsubishi Lancer appears on the scene. 
Because two, two, two weeks before that, you were probably didn't get the full double rally. Marking two full days of wet, dirty rally. That probably should have stood on the last two stages. But you still had your ride. Yeah, we just kept it clean and tidy, and then he made a mistake. Uh, the pressure was on him more so than me. I'd rather be chasing than be chasing. Oh, and there's Rally Podcast. We have finally got hold of this particular gent after a bit of time trying. Dave, my name, how's things? Hey, Kevin, how are you getting on? Ah, sure, look, we're, we're not going too bad at all. How, how's things with you after uh, after yesterday? Yeah, you're good. Um, it's good to be home after Rally instead of uh, ending up in the wrong place. So, um, no, here it's good. It's a very positive day. Um, always a pleasure being a car at Matt uh, here. Always been a car full stop, but being a car driver that caliber, it's always special. So, yeah. So, I mean, there's a lot of uh, moving parts which we which we could discuss, and I have a lot of things I want to ask you, right? But given the fact that the last time you sat in with Matt in anger wasn't a pleasant experience, what was the mindset like then yesterday, whenever it did come to the starting on stage one? Um, it wasn't so bad. It's at the point of the start line. It was quite nervous yesterday morning. Um, it wasn't uh, here. I don't, the Donegal accent didn't really phase me that much because I don't remember too much of it, to be truthful. Um, yes, I've seen it in care afterwards and um, I was went through the recovery process after the accident, but I don't remember the actual accident itself or I don't remember the period time spent with the with the recovery crew on the scene or so on and so forth. Um, so yeah, I was nervous. It wasn't so much nerves of, um, of a fear getting back in the car, it was nerves of you'd still be fit to deliver the notes because I had a question mark with Donegal last year because it was 2018 before I, since I'd sat in the car competitively until Donegal last year. Um, and then obviously you had that layout in between times of you know, eight months or so before you get back in the car again. So that question mark. Um, but he had no, no doubt of Matt's ability or the safety implication in place or with, with the cars, the events, so on and so forth. So in that regard, it wasn't too bad. It was just, just nervous more than anything. But I think in every aspect of sport, there's nerves pre-event, if that makes sense. Yeah, so it wouldn't have been any greater or any lesser than before Donegal last year then, in reality, would it? No, I'd say um, the, the timing, timing, timing of delivery notes is always, a, is always a question mark you have. Make sure it's right. I think that only comes with more and more seat time. You know, and when you have a sabbatical, that's where you, you fear you're going to fall down. And the nature of the roads on the Midland Rally, they're, they're quite fast, but you know, it's not fast with stupid long straights and chicanes and junctions. Um, they're quite high-speed technical, and Matt's note system is quite complex in that regard. So it's just a case of knowing you're only fit to turn yourself on to that, that um, understanding to feel it through the seat of the car, more so than looking out through the windscreen. But um, as regards to safety aspect, no, I wasn't nervous in that regard. Just it was uh, the nerves of delivering and the job at hand um, from yeah. the get there. Stuff that maybe wasn't too um, dissimilar anyway, even when you were a regular competitor that you might get before. And that, that's interesting, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, on that base, just when you touched on the notes, so what system does he actually operate, just out of interest? Well, he's, st he's still a one to six, um, six fastest, um, but there's nothing left for the eye to see, if that makes sense. You know, the, everything, uh, he does, the corner is, is delivered, but also... The position of the car is delivered and every slight twist or turn or brow or crest or is extensively um extensively in the notes so when you're at high speed stuff you a lot of midland was you know fifth gear corners and yeah and, and everything is and it, there's, there's nothing left for him to, to take in his eye everything comes to his ear 
Um, so all he's watching out for is the grips, grip changes or um, picking the breaking points, picking the lanes, but everything is, you know, no matter how slow a corner you exit, the slightest corner after the exit is in the notes. Um, so it's, it's quite a complex, it's, it's quite, there's a lot, a lot of notes on the paper to deliver, if that makes sense. But where some guys would have, you know, a call of 120 up the middle, Matt wouldn't have that. Or he might have, you know, he uses the word C, but you're seeing is you're picking a brow, which is 150 meters down the road, but you're going 150 beyond it, of a straight again to pick up the next point, or 80 to the next point, where some might have 600 to the square left, whereas Matt mm. could have eight calls to break down that, that, um, that distance. Right, so there's more detail, yeah. And it's, it's in stark contrast to maybe um, a Mark Alcorn, who we had on after Galway, who just wants to quote all that basically you know what i mean don't be telling yeah, me yeah. i just want here every yeah. every driver is different and you know that it's, it's everyone's a unique system and it's just a system he knows he's developed and he likes and it's what works for him and and that's just here it's, it's about when you sit with a driver um like Donegal was the first time i ever sat with matt in any regard um so yes you're trying to get into their way of thinking as to why how where the notes are coming from so you, then, then when you, if you can't understand them you can't deliver them mm. so um in that regard, yes, it's a bit easier because I understood the note system more than I did before Donegal. But again, it's just a case of when you're out of the seat for that sabbatical, it takes a while to get set back in tune with the speed of delivery and the timing right, so on and so forth. So. Yeah. Can I ask about your relationship with Matt, how far it actually goes back there? Because obviously before you sat in with him, he, um, he was doing a good bit for you up and down. And maybe how that came about and the trust you placed in him to do what he did do for you outside of the car and what exactly that entailed. Um, the relationship Matt goes back to the BRC, um, competing with Marty McCormack in the BRC and beyond those events. So I knew Matt from he was back in the Evo. Um, I knew of him before that, but from the Fiesta. But competitively wise, and he's in the Evo, and then he made the step into the the DMAC car, and then onto the Swift car when that's when his career had took off at an R5 level, um, and always held him very high regard. Then obviously, with regards to Pirelli fold. He was, a, he was on Pirelli's for the last number of years um, for his three British championships. So then um, he was back and, for, we were back and forth in contact, lit bits and pieces. I was supposed to actually sit with him for a rally back in, or we discussed it back in 2018, maybe I think it was. Um, Darren Garrett, who was navigating format, had a clash of events, mm-hmm. but it just didn't work that um, I could get to go to the event with Matt at the time. It didn't work for me with work and so on and so forth. Um, but then whenever the the Pirelli job was going on, Matt was involved with um, obviously competing. So when he came to Ulster in 2021 with the polo, um, that was obviously on our turf, so we provided the service. And I'd worked with him all that year because when we had no events at home, I was in the service contract for Pirelli in the UK. Mm-hmm. So um, I knew Matt better and better that year from the work aspect of it. So then for 2022, I put it to Jonathan Wells, who's the motorsport manager for Pirelli, about the, trying to add that piece um, to the equation where all, all your frontline crews all have gravel, have gravel crews there's no secret they all have gravel crews some have weather crews on top of the gravel crews so they, they're pretty well extensively covered <clears throat> but for us it's always been um, as much about the smaller competitor as the bigger one um, so we try and put a, as much as we can information their way who don't have the luxuries of a gravel crew or, or mud crews or weather so on and so forth so I proposed it to Jonathan Wells that we'd um, try and utilize Matt when he had no program in, in place for last year to come across for the Tamworth Championship events. Where you have still a reasonably high level of competitor, 
you in the Rally 4 cars or the R2 cars, uh, Group N cars, so on and so forth, and those with the R5 cars who aren't necessarily in the top 5 or 10 on the interest, um, to try and put some information together to put it back to the competitors so they were more in tune with what they were facing each morning um, heading out to the loop of stages. So basically Matt would come across, um, obviously Galway has gone past, but he's in Galway they came across, both him and John, they came over on the Thursday. They wrecked all the stages on Friday um, to get an understanding themselves of the terrain, what we were facing. And then on Friday morning, um, they went to, or Saturday morning, sorry, they went out and they, they drove the stages for that opening loop and then made a tyre call. And we'd set up a WhatsApp group for your um, four-wheel drive, your front-wheel drive and your rear-wheel drive competitors. And then Matt and Jonathan would cover the stages and give their advice as to what to use. But any tricky sections where it might look different from the Friday on the Saturday or even, and it looks tricky in general, they'll photograph it and add it to the group. Um, to give you an example, you might remember back to Car 20 when it rained on the Saturday evening. There was a load of cars who had an overshoot at one junction. Mm -hmm. um, that was actually something that I was picked up on from the, the recce that morning about that, that particular section being so polished and how slippy it was, was potentially going to be. Um, and that's, that's sent out to everyone in the three groups. And then basically there's a tyre advice given of recommendation for what loop of stages, what tyre choices advise, so on and so forth. And it gives the competitors who might necessarily have time to come to us in the truck or who might necessarily have time to go and visit the service park um, they, have two, they have another avenue of communication um, and another person they communicate with. So like Matt's extensive knowledge with regard to car setups, be it for a front-wheel drive car, right through a modified Escort, right into a Group N car, R5 car, so on and so forth. Um, so somebody can say, look, I'm struggling in this regard or that regard, and he can potentially help them with setup-wise or so on and so forth, uh, uh, those smaller aspects. So it, that's, that's where it came from, to try and give something back to, not give them back, but make, Add something to our package that we offer to our customers, if that makes mm. sense. Absolutely. I think it's very interesting because for most people, they might see him talking to Killian or Andy at the end of a stage um, or see him in the corner of it writing down stuff, right? So yeah. to actually get the insight into what, I suppose, the, the fuller picture of what he does, that's, that is quite interesting. So that's what you're talking about. You're talking about the day before go on recce, maybe the morning he'll go on recce him as well. And that information is going back to your customers. I think, just, I think that's great. Um, yeah, you're, you're, you're trying to accumulate that then too. So, like, say you're you're taking tire temperatures, you're taking tire pressures, so you know that they're in the window, the right window of usage of the compound they're using. Or likewise, if they're if they're outside the window, to advise them where to move compound ways or pressure ways to put them in a better window of being more competitive with it. You know, yes, it's um, you have more scope, and the, the the bigger the car, the more the more sensitive the thing is to having the job perfectly right for the ultimate competitiveness of it. But still, as an aspect of that, true as well through the modified cars and the the, the, the lower calorie cars. So everything from your 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 class one, class two Honda Civic, right through your Rally Four cars, your modified cars. There's an aspect. It, tires are so complex. You know, it's it's not just bread and butter or put it on and it does what it does. There's there's a lot more to it in the complexities of the compounds, the tire pressures, you know, the geometry of cars, so on and so forth that makes them work and. Even the process of, of heating tire up and setting tire pressures accurately at stage starts, they're, they're all quite unique in how they work. So the, the, the more you can educate people, the better performance they get, the better wear rates they get, the happier they are the product. And that's kind of what we're trying to strive to achieve in that, in that regard. Yeah, very good. So then on the flip side, he gets you to 
do an old job or two for him whenever uh, an event comes up. Yeah. And uh, I know, look, Donegal was possibly di- um, a little bit um, different to to yesterday when Keith Lyons looked for a setup, or maybe it wasn't. Maybe Darren Gas wanted some info as well. I don't know now. Maybe he can reveal to us, right? But, no, 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 um, no, no, no. Here, um, there was a there was another package in place long before the Darren Gas cap package came on the table. Um, right. There was yeah. a proposal made on the Circle of Ireland time to go and do the the Donegal rally, and then that kind of we we were there was budget to find which we had gone and sourced some of the budget at that point then through no harm of anybody that that deal went south and that was off the table but at that point we kind of in our own heads committed to doing it and to some potential sponsors committed to doing it so we're looking for avenues to try and find the car um first of all to be competitive and secondly that it'd be affordable to what we wanted to do and the program to do and here darren gas was more than good to us he um he offers a, a package with his car that was Going to fit within the budget we had in place, um, and the car fitted the bill for what we want to try and do. So that that's where Donegal came from, and Darren Gas's car. But no, no, that's that's the that's the bottom line of Donegal story. Yeah. yeah, and uh, to be on, it's something I was going to hit on anyway. Though to be on the pace with very limited seat time, and again yesterday, not mad amount of seat time, I'd imagine. Uh, that's uh, I suppose it's the mark of Matt and what he's what he's capable of doing. But I would I would say. Without with a cast and aspersions, like if you look at some of the times Darren has been putting in, yes, uh, former Tarmac champion and not not unusual, but he was putting in some really neat times. So I'm sure whatever dialogue was maybe had, uh, that that's possibly proven quite useful as well. Like I was really impressed with Darren and some of the stuff he was doing yesterday. I had some fantastic stage times yesterday, yeah, mm. yeah. And here yeah. it's very um, they're very high speed, you know, committed stages yesterday. So if you could, if you that yesterday, it should translate to everything during the year because you know if you can commit at that high level. Of high speed, it's going to translate to be stage times throughout the whole year. I hope in Darren's part. Um, so, you know, there's no, there's no doubt. Darren, D- Darren's always been a good driver. I think what's yeah. back to Darren's case has been the seat time and a how do you say a more stable package. Um, so, you know, he's Barry McNutty alongside him. He's got Johnny Crozier on the car. He's in the Citroen with the last twelve months. So, he's starting to, I suppose, grow familiar with the car, its strengths, potential weaknesses, and maximizing strengths and minimizing weaknesses in across the whole package. Um, and then with seat time comes speed, regardless of what it is, you know. Yeah. So what would um when Keith Lyons goes and makes contact with with Matt Edwards and and stuff like that, right? So Keith's looking to get the car set up for West Cork. Yeah, that was the the holy the holy all of it. And how like it's not just a case where you figure it out as the stages are going on. Obviously, there's learnings there too, and you make adjustments as the day goes on. Like there was obviously a little bit of time prior to the event also. But like, what is it? Just literally trying to put this now in the most subtle way possible. Is it Matt's arse that tells him the story <laughs> and in how the car moves around? Well, to give you an example, we went to the test before go, before Donegal last year and um, Matt had actually driven the piece of road. Jason Mitchell found a piece of road for us to use up near where he lives. So Matt drove the piece of road on his way over to Donegal Recce. He dictated the notes into the phone, sent me the recording, and then we were going back over on the... I think it was a Wednesday evening for the test. Um, Wednesday evening, because I was working the Thursday. So Wednesday evening going across, I played the, the recording, wrote the notes, sat into the Citroen at, at a Ryan Lochran shed, and we drove to the test road. And we drove up and down the road in the rally car to check the notes. We turned, and Matt put the launch button on, and he hit it, and that was it. And I cursed him at the end of it. Yo, there was no forewarning. That's just the way it was. And I said, the much left, that, that's it, that's rally speed. 
And uh, I said, Yo, it's unbelievable the level of commitment you have here to do that. And he said, Look, it's on a regular damper, which I know, it's on that spring rate, it's on that tire, it's supposed to do the job. So, but if you don't ask it, it's not going to answer you. Mm. So, um, and I think it's quite much the same with the Ford. Um, you know, there's no doubting the setup that, that Keith Lines has in his car is already, you know, very, very capable and that. You know, Tom Gahan engineers his car, maintains his car. He's one of the best in the country at what he does. There's no doubting that. I think maybe in Keith's mind, some of the issues were there's been a lot of um, negativity around the Ford of late. Mm -hmm. um, and there was, you know, a question mark over the competitiveness of the car against the Citroen, against the Volkswagen, against the other available cars in the market. I think in Keith's mind, we went to squash that theory first of all so he knew that he was in the right car that he could go and try and spend some time you know because let's be fair whenever you take these cars per kilometer it's it's hundreds per kilometer to drive them so you know to, to go and spend that money to go and drive a car for 50 100 200 kilometers of driving it's a lot of money being spent to go and do that yeah so um yesterday there was, there was very few changes you know matt drove the car last week briefly um down near Tom Gahan's workshop and confirmed the car was in the window of what he wanted for the rally. Um, and then we went to the event yesterday and from the get-go, I think Matt adjusted the damper after the first stage. Um, the next five stages, the car remained unchanged. And then obviously we had the rain came for the last loop. So he's fit to adjust the car as best he could to try and adapt for that. But um, no, here he's, he's spending a lot of time over here with tuition and and car setup, you know, that, that's the first time he's, I'd say, driven someone's car on their behalf um, in, on Irish soil to set a car up. Generally, it's been for the passenger seat where Matt will sit in and try and tailor the driver's driving style and the car setup to, to, to make, make them together. Yeah. Uh, so I'm sure it'll be a bit of work he'll do in, a t in time to give Keith some help on the, the tuition side, you know, on that side of it. But I think, yes, there was more a case of confirm the car is in a competitive window for... Um, for anybody really, but you'll keep one to that confirmed and that's that was a good thing for it, you know? Yeah, well I think it is confirmed. So what, 10.7 in the end and uh, problem on stage three, I think, Dave. And we're talking about uh, the first story. No, we had no issue in stage three. Um, there was a bit of confusion at stage end. We ended up getting the finish time of the car behind, which was Callum's finish time. Um, so I, I topped out the stop car, but then obviously at 30 second intervals, the cars are coming quite quickly and the longer I wait and try and get it sorted, the more confusion is going to cause. So right. I, I left it alone and raised the query of Paul McLaughlin, the CLO with the service area. Um, and then when the master came back in, they corrected things. So we were actually fastest yeah. on stage three. I was um, thinking that, Dave, because it was 8.01 date, and I think Josh was 7.31 date. Yeah, I think, we ended up with a, I think we ended up with a 7.30.9, and Callum had a right. 7.31 date was his time. Okay, yeah, um, yeah, it makes so, sense. And we were wondering, we were yeah. saying like the the narrative around at the time was, um, and prior to recording here was just was a problem, problem there with Master Jesse. We we're wondering no, for no, that. We, so it's good we, to correct that on the record now as well, yeah. Yeah, we no, we yeah. no issue on the stage. And time, the time was corrected afterwards. I think there was some other times that were dubious in that stage, um, which which some were changed and some weren't down along down through the field. But um, no, we had no issue with it. the time lot here. Callum was on a great pace, as were the two Moffat brothers. And Darren Gass, Darren had a stall on the repeat of stage three, the stage six, he stalled the start line. Um, otherwise, he was on for another great time in that stage. I think he was, he was fast on stage five. So you, you'd, you'd, you'd four or five competitors in the mix there for stage times at any one, at any one point. Um, mm. Callum, Callum got the jump in the last one, you know, and credit to him and his team. They had the... The information came back to them in the rain, which nobody else in the top five or six or even maybe top ten got. 
I think it was um, only Callum maybe and Tommy Doyle that had the, the right tyre for the last loop um, when the rain came on. But here, that's that's a credit to them and what they what they had um what the information they had in place or the or the system they had in place to gather that information for them on the day that that was the winning of the rally and that, that's all part of it you know so it's um it's a testament to them. Yeah, we're just about finished up. Uh, just a point to make on Callum is the the ability I suppose to turn around in a short enough time frame considering Galway wasn't you know favourable enough for for him and um to to go and produce that yesterday was was quite impressive. But the last question I have for you because I know we're tight on time is in relation to Ears Motorsport Ireland. So when you pop in and do an event like yesterday, uh, we're used to seeing you, uh, there's not too many you miss in fairness. Who takes over the reins? What happens back in the It's a family team here we have in-house. Um, so I, I still worked um, gladly. Um, Seamus gave us the permission to recce on the Saturday morning early. So we signed on literally first thing. It was a, a very compact group, which I learned from Killian prior to that. So I was back in for maybe one o'clock before the work started on Saturday, work Saturday. But here with him, my father, Philip, Amy, my sister, Mac, who's more been with us from day dot, he was there, and then brother-in-law, Dale O'Connor, and he was on, on field as, on site the other weekend to, to help out. So here it is, we've a, it's, a good, um, it's a good network we have of people working for us and family that, that dig out, you know. So it, um, it got really seamless yesterday, but it's, uh, it, it works in that way. Here, it's still, it's, it's good for the business side too to, to be in the car, you, you gather information and you're 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 in the thick of it to understand it more. And yeah, here we, we kind of pride ourselves. You know, we've all competed. You know, dead at the beginning. Amy's competed. I competed. Sarah mm. competed. You know, we do. Say, you know, one of our taglines is selling from experience, and I think that is part of the experience is being involved. You understand as much as tires as the race where the comfort factor, the usability of product. You know, it's it's important across all aspects where you can to understand it. Um, to, to offer that information back to, to an end user. Yeah, that's it, because you're you're offering it back, but some lads wouldn't offer a whole lot now, they wouldn't tell you what tyre they're going to be on, but like you, <laughs> obviously by default, kind of have that stuff. And just the rally family in general, I think is great, because people use that term, rally family, but yours literally is a rally family, through, rally through family, yeah. the mind yeah. and name, but also through the in-laws, so it, it, it really is mad. Yeah, Andrew's unfortunate yesterday, oh, he was, um, yeah. here he was, it's just, just, just here, just a unfortunate but fortunate. Joe, he went, uh, it's a high speed, a high speed off he had, but luckily he got away some very minimal damage in the first stage. Um, so only see him back up for carrying a few weeks. Um, yeah. But here, like I say, we've it's uh, he's, it's uh, in our in our breeding. So it's a uh, competing ways, working ways. It's it's all we know really. So we'll roll the dice and keep going with it. Good stuff, Dave. A pleasure to have a chat with you here. Thanks for coming on. All right. Thanks, Kevin. Appreciate it. Philip White, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for being here with us this evening. Thank you very much for having me. It's good to be on. Um, so obviously, uh, we're going to be chatting away about rallying here. We've loads of stuff to get through. We've got <laughs> the excitement of Bishop's Court coming up at the weekend and the likes of the plans for the 23 um, season. And of course, like we've got the micro challenge and stuff. But I suppose like one of the most incredible things uh, on your CV is the fact that you are the NA uh, Junior Champion three times. Um, which is quite the achievement. I mean, that just mm-hmm. must be such a thrilling, um, a thrilling thing to have uh, on the CV at this stage. Like, yeah, it was it was quite a proud moment for myself and even the whole team behind me. Um, we sort of uh, we didn't really set out to achieve that goal. Um, after the first time we won it in twenty eighteen, we worked out that we were the youngest people to do it. And then whenever we won it again uh, two years ago for the second time, we, we tied ourselves with uh, Stuart Bickerstaff for his record. So we just kind of thought, you know, we'll go for it last year and 
see if we can become the first person to ever win it for a third time. And yeah, it was it was a tough season. We had to fight just as hard on the stages as we did off it to get the get the title. But I'm more than thrilled, and it's it's one of those things that we we knew quite early on that I was never going to get to quite a high level in motorsport. Like we were never going to go into Europe or BRC. So we sort of set our goals quite uh, regionally or locally, and to achieve them at this stage in my rallying career, it's it's an honour, and yeah, quite proud to quite proud to do it. I mean, that's the thing. Like, like you know, you're you're on the third now at this point, and like, how how do you go about topping that? Like, we often think about guys like Sebastian Loeb or Sebastian Ogier, <laughs> and even people like Lewis Hamilton, where they just they just keep adding to their record. Like, does it like how does it feel to actually set off into a new season and possibly get the fourth or head for another title? I mean, it's just one of those things where. I'm sure it's as exciting every year that you can sort of break a record. Yeah, there, there's tons of things that we could take our check off our list that we want to achieve, but we just take each rally as it comes. It's it's very easy to get carried away and think off. We win every rally this year, we'll be champion, or we could win every rally, but you know we just try and keep focus on the present and do the job that we need to. Uh huh. And with that being said, what is the plan for 23 now? Um, plans for the moment are to do the NI Championship along with the Micro Challenge. Um, conveniently this year, a lot of the rounds clash, so there's only ever, I think, uh, two or three that we have to go off and do. Because I know uh, Kirkson, Bishop's Court, Tour of the Sparrows and the Down Rally are both NI Championship and Micro Challenge. Mm-hmm. Um, the main city stages that's coming up uh, next month, that's around the NI Championship and then the micro challenge after the down rally heads to the gravel so it's quite a compact year but it works out well to be able to be able to compete in both and which do you prefer Phil? do you prefer the tarmac or the gravel definitely tar well i can't say i don't prefer the gravel i haven't been to the gravel yet so it sort of puts us at a slight disadvantage if we, if we go to it at the end of the year but um yeah we're, we're looking forward to it. the car felt good going up the gravel at, at kirkerson so it shouldn't be shouldn't be too much of a task to try and get on the pace it's a funny one, isn't it? Like, um, it just—it's one of those things where everything that uh, feels so wrong, and sort of will say, um, like something's going wrong, and the tarmac is actually just completely natural, and sort of the thing that you have to start enjoying and just get into the flow of with the gravel. Yeah, I'm, I'm quite early into my career. Like, I've had I had quite a lot of experience. Um, with the one liter car and progressing into the 1400 but each rally there's there's things happening that i'm still learning like um i know last year uh we had a problem at the maiden city stages where uh the wishbone had started to crack and bend and um i was sort of identifying that quite early on to the stage to, to drive it appropriately but it, it's all part of experience and it's all part of learning you know sometimes you have to make these mistakes mistakes to learn from them and yeah, thankfully doing it in a micro it's it's quite a cost effective way of of learning yeah exactly and i mean obviously the micro challenge is a brilliant new addition mm-hmm. to the calendar yeah it's quite exciting to see it um come to life you know i think besides the r5s the the class three which the micro challenge was included in was one of the most populated classes of kirkson which was which was great to see because about two or three years ago they would have had two or three cars in it having that competition and the level of competition in it uh, i know stephen whitford's an incredible driver and uh philip morrow and uh david crossing's questions court so 
their experience to go up against especially it's a nice benchmark for myself yeah and i mean that's the thing like uh for you to come out now and sort of join these guys like it's you know it's it's so exciting um for you um you know obviously as a driver and stuff but just as a competitor to be able to sort of um say things like that you know that uh mm -hmm. these guys are competing longer than um you know longer than you're alive at points and it's just one of those <laughs> things where like the knowledge and the experience that you can gain from even speaking to these guys let alone competing against them yeah whatever the let us in on the secrets of the cars or what tire choice they're going on it's always it's always good to learn from them i know the experience is there um but it's also good with the micro challenge that you've got a lot of young clientele coming in mm -hmm. um i know it's it'll be a championship that's a great stepping stone for anybody coming out of a junior series um the cars themselves they're a great car to learn in and make your mistakes in before you take the step up to maybe an r2 car or rally four car Again, thinking about um, specific rallies, you have Bishop's Court coming up at the weekend. What's the plan of attack there? Uh, try to go faster than the rest of them, <laughs> I would say. <laughs> um, in the wet, it, it brings my car into play against much more powerful machinery. Um, you know, the, the car itself is about 160 brake horsepower compared to the likes of a, of a 2 litre or a 2.5. You know, they're up towards 300 brake horsepower. And obviously in the wet conditions, there's only, only so much that power you can lay down. So... It, it brings ourselves up against them, but damn conditions are good, but it just means it's a wee bit more treacherous and you're more likely to make a mistake there. But no, I'd be happy with any condition going into Saturday. The Tour of the Spurns and the Down Rallies are two rallies that I really look forward to doing and I have done them in the past. Um, the Down Rally stages are always always quite special, doing Buck's Head and Hamilton's Folly. And yeah, we, we were a bit unfortunate at the rally last year, getting a puncture in the very first stage, but... Um, we were setting fastest front wheel drive times ahead of a lot of rally four cars towards towards the end of the event. So, hopefully, with a with a bit of better fortune this year, um, we can try and get climb the overall leaderboard and uh, put in a good result for it. And have you any um, any specific sort of? I know earlier on you mentioned that you were you know you sort of don't get sort of put too uh, much pressure on yourself to mm -hmm. you know too early or put too many kind of demands on yourself but are there any we um any we sort of dreams that you would like in terms of results or finishes this year within either championship um it's a, it's a hard one to say you know it, it ultimately depends who comes out my my dream at the moment is to hopefully get a fourth junior title and then after that, we aim to maybe take a step back from championships and do events that we sort of prefer and bigger events that you wouldn't be able to fit in with uh, the championship calendar. Um, but I would love to get uh, fastest two-wheel drive time in the micro. <laughs> I know it's a bit, I know it's a bit of a bit of a stretch and it'd be hard to do, but we came close last year at Bishop's Court. We were only about four point five seconds off the fastest two-wheel drive time so you know if if the conditions are treacherous enough who knows exactly and I mean, it's one of those things where you have to dream big there's no point in getting them behind a rally car if you can't believe that <laughs> and behind the steering wheel of a rally car if you can't believe that uh, the impossible is possible and it's just one of those things where constantly pushing yourself and you just never know what could happen i mean those four seconds you could easily come and beat this year yeah uh just 
needs to be neat, needs to be tied in. Need to make sure that it's it's ten ten set everywhere. Saying that, you know, there's there's a lot of variables going on. Like at the at, at the moment, I'm I'm at university in England, and that's that's a big load putting my father getting the car ready. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, at that point, then it's when you realise like what a team effort it is, and mm-hmm. you know, like does that add any pressure for you? when you have to sort of obviously head in a way is particularly hard, but I'm sure like the feeling on Thursday, getting ready to go home on Friday is quite exciting. I mean, flying in and out of, out of Ireland and sort of Northern Ireland and into England and sort of, you know, getting on airplanes essentially to get to, to a rally must be pretty exciting at this stage. Yeah. It's, it's a nice change of pace and, you know, just taking the van straight to the track on, on a Saturday morning and it's, gives it a wee bit more importance and whenever you're traveling through the airport and you're on the train going to the airport it, you do get left alone with your thoughts and you are constantly thinking about uh, the rally ahead thinking about right have to make the first stage important have to make the right tire choice and sometimes it's very easy to get that mental bar of just overloaded um, but I try to keep myself calm level-headed know that in the past you know I've, I've let my ability um, do the talking really and it, it's worked out in most cases really <laughs> very fortunate with the results we've had um, I've had a great mentor behind me like my father he's done wonders getting me into the sport so I'm kind of hoping the next year or two he'll be able to get back out in his car and be able to do a bit more rallying which would be nice to see him. And that's where we leave it on this edition of the Irish Rally Podcast. My thanks to Tony Kelly, who spoke with Philip White, to Philip as well, uh, Dave Moynihan, who had a chat with me, and for the organisers of the National Championship, um, providing us with some footage from the ramp, namely Lauren McMenamin, who looked after things there. And uh, well done to Sean Moriarty on doing a great job. And indeed to Seamus McTeague, COC of the Middle and Water Club, and everyone involved in making that event what it was, which was a massive success. As I said, best luck to all our competitors competing all over the globe. This weekend, we have uh, a lot of exciting stuff coming up. Obviously, we'll be having a little look at West Cork next week, reflecting back on the weekend stuff uh, that's uh, going to be happening as well. And you're not going to miss a beat. So don't forget, subscribe on YouTube, follow on Spotify and Apple, DM us on social media at Irish Rally Pod, or send us an email, irishrallypodcast at gmail.com if you want to get in touch. Until next time, folks, take care. This is the Irish Rally Podcast brought to you in association with Tech and Tools, your dedicated tools provider focusing on diagnostic test equipment and specialized tools. Visit techandtools.ie for more information and SVS Productions.